a victim. But then as soon as I felt that way, I realized, you know what, I don't need to be a victim. I can go and make my own money. Actually, this is great because I never want to depend on anyone, including my parents. So this from a young age of 16 taught me a huge lesson where I said, you know what, I'm gonna go work whatever jobs, I'm gonna make money, and you know what, I actually will help my parents because they brought me here. Alex says that like, back then you two would go on these gratitude walks. Mm -hmm. One of the most powerful exercises you can do. Okay, can you and break I, it down for us? Yes, it's not something we've invented. We got it from Tony Robbins, actually. Okay. If you do his, I think, Get the Edge 10-day program, on day one he talks about gratefulness walks, which is very simple. Every day you go for a walk, um, you can do it alone or you can do it with your partner. And the way you start it is you just start saying things that you're grateful for that you already have in your life. So you could say... I'm grateful for my body, I'm grateful for my eyesight, I'm grateful for, you know, this beautiful city that I live in. So you start with things that are in the present, then you can move on to, I'm grateful for my partner, I'm grateful for my friends and family. And then the magic part here is that you start saying things that you're grateful for, that you don't have, but you want to manifest in your life. So we would go on those gratefulness walks while we're broke and just don't, lost, completely lost, don't know what we want to do in life. And we would say things like, you know, I'm grateful for having this amazing business. I'm grateful for, you know, that we get to travel the world together and that we're financially free and we have this beautiful home and all these things that we wanted to experience and live. And Brian, now, years later, it's crazy to think that we're here and beyond what we've even dreamt of or imagined. So we've used this exercise at different, different points of our lives and it's extremely powerful and it works every single time. But you really gotta like feel it, like as say you're walking, loud. you say it and you feel it. And yeah, like we would do it for a few months and then we would stop, but things would manifest in like a year or two. And then we would realize that they did and we would restart the practice, but we would already ask for different things. And again, then they would come true. It's truly incredible. I think I, I, I'm not doing it at the moment, but me and Alex were talking about restarting the practice because it's just been life-changing for yeah, us. Yeah, I think it's super powerful. Would you make new ones up every day or would you kind of say the same ones back same and forth thing, to each other? Because you can't, you can't say the new ones. Right. So you, you can change it slightly, but kind of you focus on the same okay. vision. It's like you envision something and then you say it. You say it. And that's why I think after a few months we would give it a break. And then the universe or whatever goes out and starts to slowly manifest the right people, the right events. And then you realize a year or two later that, whoa, I am here. This is what I was envisioning. I think it goes hand in hand with having a strong vision. So it's using affirmations and the vision yeah. in a gratefulness walk. Yeah. 1993, 92, that's when um, Soviet Union broke down. And because before that, Azerbaijan was part of USSR. I grew up speaking Russian. Okay. And then all of that collapsed. These were young kids who were on drugs, these little, the soldiers, right? That were given guns and basically went around town shooting people on the street. So we come out of the tube station. I am at the time five, five and a half, probably six years old. And I see like helicopters flying, like grenades exploding. And meanwhile, my mom was probably like, holy, how are we gonna walk home? And we had a 15 minute walk to go to my grandma's house. And then we're walking, walking, walking. She took us through the small streets. This is probably one of my earliest childhood memories. And literally, these soldiers were just shooting innocent people on the street. 
I remember turning to the right and seeing there's a soldier with like a, what are they called, AK? AK He's standing at the end of the street and we're crossing the street and we're like almost at my grandmother's house and he looks at us and then he turns around the way. Wow, so you could have been dead. Yeah, like literally, but I can now, I get more emotional now because I can imagine how my mom felt right. with two girls and like any one of us could have been shot, you know? Um, you and didn't then, process it. You were a kid and it was like a No, movie. it was just like a fun okay. game because you're not attached to life then. Even if you were to die at six, I don't think you were that afraid because you're like, oh, whatever. Yeah. I don't even know what we think at six. And then just like also hiding because then we got home and everybody had to be on the floor because they were like shooting the windows. That's like serious. Yeah, scary. like that's crazy it's stuff. Trauma. And it is major trauma, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. See, like I hit it all inside and now it's all coming up because it needs to come up and just like leave because it's not serving my body anymore because that's also part of part they think like why for a big part of my life like i have like mild anxiety because i feel like it can go down at any time <laughs> because you grew up with that or anytime i hear a siren because we used to get those sirens at night and like i just i go back to being like six seven years old and some people can say well i also experienced that when i lived there but i feel like everybody observes things differently and absorbs things differently. So for me, it really impacted me. A lot of people who grew up in Canada or who were born in Canada, they're just so comfortable because they've always had this nice, comfortable life. But the immigrants that come into the country, they're hungry and eager. If you look around Toronto, for example, one of the biggest, if not the biggest city in, Toronto, in Canada, most of the businesses are owned by immigrants. It's incredible. It's inspirational. These people came into the country not speaking the language. They had so many disadvantages if you compare them to a local. And yet they went through all this adversity and managed to create a successful business and employ other people. It blows my mind. And, and why can they do that? How? Why? Because they're used to adversity. Adversity is good. You know, looking back at my life, I never feel sorry for myself. I might have in the past, because I was maybe in that mentality a little bit of like, oh, poor me, how come I had this kind of childhood or upbringing or how come we didn't have much financial freedom? But now, I wouldn't change anything because I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't appreciate the things I have. I wouldn't have worked as hard as I have. Becoming uh, comfortable makes you complacent and that's the worst thing you just don't do anything you're just like Meh, life's good it's not a bad thing i'm not again i'm not trying to label it but when you have a dream and you want something it's not just going to happen you have to work for it Pretty numbered of you liked that um, podcast or speech. I don't know what you call it, but I just didn't play for any reason. I wanted to make it a good point. Most of you, we live in a house, good house, good life. Uh, we have our own comfortable bubble. We tend to stay in. 
basically what I'm trying to say is this coronavirus has changed a lot of us before I'm sure a lot of us took a lot of things for granted we had our own bubble we never cared about what happened outside we never just wanted to push out of that bubble we liked to stay in our own comfort zone now I'm not talking about um, pushing out bubble like deciding to, to jump a three foot uh, seven foot mountain or like I don't know jumping off an airplane no not like pushing I'm p- talking about facing fear you do have fear of jumping an airplane but like oh gosh I don't know how I'd really explain this. Uh, the thing she said right there at the last point. Um, what was that again? Yes. That the center, the city of Canada, most well-known and large businesses are owned by immigrants. All these people, they have already been pushed out of their comfort zone, their bubble. They didn't even have a, com- a bubble to begin with in the first place they are hard they became strong themselves they did the impossible they took this decision because they knew to take the other decision there was no life for them and they already struggled enough and they didn't want to got no life they struggled and they struggled more to be where they are most of us who have our comfort level and I'm speaking for myself too we tend to not push. We tend to keep to ourselves. We live in a good house, go to high school, college, get a bachelor's degree, move out, get a good job, have a good family. There's life. But we can have more than life right here. Everybody has their own problems. I've never met anybody in this world that does not have a problem. That had not had a problem in the past with their family or something in their life. I've had my problems too. But the thing is, if we can push past all those things and become who we want to be. For me, I want to own this big law firm business. Like this huge law firm business. Be the owner and be the youngest. And to have a huge law firm business, let's say at the age of 28 or 30, and as a black woman, that is like huge and that is like big, right? But the thing is, I also need to learn how to be committed to all that. I need to learn how to get away from the TV, how to get away from the movies, and go study, go see how to be a lawyer. I need to learn the temptation of doing enjoyable things to do the right things. Ever had that choice? What do you want to do more, the enjoyable or the right? Right now, I can bet you 97% people, they would say, I would do the right thing. I will go study on that lawyer. I will. And I would say that too. But when 
you were actually supposed to. You're caught watching TV. Because the temptation is huge and large. Now, this COVID has been bad for many people. But it's also been tough, tough on me. The winter storm, COVID, put everything. It's made me a stronger person. The world has known that we're not gonna get us, we're not gonna get out of our comfort zone. So the world has pushed us <laughs> out of our comfort zone. Two years ago, I would not be telling you this. Two years ago, I'll be telling you that the people who don't make their life good is your own problem. Two years ago, I'll be telling you that to find job, I don't get all those homeless people. And seriously, these people don't work hard enough. And seriously, all you have to do is get a job and boom. Life is good if you make it good. You don't have to push yourself all through the way. You can just be who you want to be and relax. And that is the honest to damn truth. I would have told you that. But this thing has changed me. And I am sure it has changed so many of you people. It's very tough. And this coronavirus, people have gone through worse. We can't just ignore life. We have to step out of our comfort zone. It can be so simple, start so small, and become big. Stepping out of our comfort zone is... If you don't like sports, join a basketball team. Even if you have never thrown a hoop before. If you just hate, it hates moving, go to ballet. Even if you don't know the first thing of it. I am speaking for myself. My mom said I will regret this. I am not really regretting it right now, but as I was saying, there was a time that this basketball trial came out and F and teacher said I should join, I should join, I should join. But the thing is, I didn't know the first thing of basketball. And I wasn't really gonna start learning. Mm. Um, mom said they'll teach me, I will get it, but I just didn't want to do a basketball team. The weird thing was, I didn't want to be embarrassed if I got the wrong one. I didn't want to let people down. I'm a people pleaser and I'm trying to get out of that. I didn't have time for all the running and all the commitments. So I declined. Everybody was dis- disappointed and that really hurt me because I'm a people pleaser. But in the end, now, I noticed I changed because I did two things I never would have thought during my two years ago. I remember the poem I told you about. Yes. Okay. So, the poem I hate talking last two years ago, or just before this coronavirus. I just hated just talking too much and talking in front of a crowd. Please, go find yourself another girl. But this week, I went right there, back to school. I read an Amanda Gorman poem in front of so many people and in front of a camera. 
that is might as well the brightest thing I ever did. And nextly, my Chinese teacher said that, ooh, maybe you should, you know, go for Chinese because I see your interest in Chinese. And I said yes. The only thing I know in Chinese are the words. I don't even know one big characters except for Ni Hao, Zai Tian, or Xie Xie, which is hello, bye bye, and thank you. Those are the only characters I know. And some fruits. And I'm like, how can I do this? But if I'm ready to stay committed and push out my bubble, I can. So, hey, I didn't just play that for plain sake. Do it and push out of yourself too. And yes, I have had my own problems. But that's for another day. And I just want to, before we close out real quick, I just wanted to show you something. I'll be right back. Give me a moment. first time since we moved into this house and that was like two years or three years something something so we were cleaning the garage and we found this uh, I mom said I should trash it or she didn't know but I decided to keep it uh, I really don't know what it is it's a connection okay so the one I'm holding right now a bunch of wires connected to this white plug and I think it's a coding manuscript it's connected to some sort of white stuff I don't know um, if you guys are in technical um, technology and all this stuff maybe me a little help here and this long wire pool. but the most thing I found right here in box is this. You probably can't hear it, but a key. A key I have never seen in my life. It looks like an ordinary key, but again, it doesn't. I mean, what kind of keys only has two keys in the hole? Only two. My keys and all the keys I had have like 11 in all. Um, one looks like a car key and the other looks like a house key. Tell the truth, I don't really know. I know it's not our, our old apartment keys because we always gave that back. I really don't know. And it's definitely not our car keys because we've had our cars like forever. So I don't know what keys these are. But I'm not like Remy. This COVID has given me enough. And I am not ready for any mysteries. I know, I just talked about a whole speech of getting out of your bubbles, but not tonight. And, oh my god! It's been 12 minutes! It's supposed to be past 6, oh gosh. Well, peace out!